0: That's the show. Hour three of that show. Cattle's out back Tuesday. Whitey, the co-host chair. In the meantime, and yes, Nick is fine. Not fired. We didn't fight. He's not dead or injured or sick or anything else. Just uh, had some business to take care of on the home front. We're holding it down here in the meantime, and we appreciate Whitey sitting in the co-host chair. You can always check us out at youtube.com/sacktownsports. Hit that like button. Twenty-four likes. About halfway into the show yesterday we wanted 50 so that Simone would karaoke <laughs> what song was it you were gonna karaoke was Mary Brown Mary in honor of uh, Tina Turner. And we came up just short, I know. really.
1: We'll think of something fun for tomorrow di- as well, for Friday. I was, Friday, I was disappointed the in the
0: people, though, Simone. I was disappointed I in the people that they didn't make that happen.
1: I think a lot of people are enjoying the you know, the holiday weekend, maybe pre That could be it.
0: That could be it. But hit those likes, subscribe, rate, review. Ooh, it went up. It went up to 25 just while we were talking. So go. So wow. go ahead and keep hitting that Thank like you. button. Thank you. Maybe Simone sings Proud Mary. Today. <laughs> you can always jump in on the show as well by texting 916 339 or you can give us a call at 800 920 1140 We talked on the show yesterday, Whitey and we've we've talked about this a few times over the last few weeks here on the program about the, the possibility of the NHL coming coming to Sacramento. And Chris Biederman today had a piece at the Sacramento Beat. And I'll be I'll be honest and frank and open and transparent. It's been unclear to me how, like, how much sm- fire there is to this it's smoke. Very preliminary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of pre, pre of an NHL team coming yeah. to to Sacramento, and and Chris kind he cleared some of that up for me in this article. At this point, it's purely speculation. Uh, there have been three teams. It has been uh, who has it been mentioned in connection? With, I'm looking at the article right now, and I just lost Ottawa? my place it. It was Houston uh, three cities. Yeah, three cities. Si- oh. Houston, Sacramento and Salt Lake Salt Lake City. City. Just found it. Lost my place in the article. I hate it when, like, an ad pops up and all the text moves. So, <laughs> so That's why you don't
2: want robots right there calling your, your strikes. We we an really ad do. pops up and then we what's really going to happen?
0: Do. We're not going to know if it's a ball or a strike. No. It's, Redo. You're they're, trying to sell me Nikes instead of computers. calling a ball or a strike. You know what I mean? They follow their programming. But it's, those three teams have just been, like, or those three cities have just been named as, like, prospective destinations for the Phoenix Coyotes I think should Kansas they leave. I think City has been mentioned as well in some corners so i think there have been four that i had not seen in the article jay pointed this out yesterday they're they're gonna play in arizona states campus in the meantime which seats roughly a mullet arena or whatever it's it is called yeah. mullet arena yeah and it fits five thousand people by the way a lot of mullets in arizona so it it makes <laughs> sense it adds up but uh we even mentioned like maybe vivek renadive who pulled out of the ottawa senators bidding maybe that's because of this whole Phoenix Coyotes thing. And and Chris points out, again, those are just speculative dots being connected. And the real question I've had about this whole thing was can can Golden One Center host a hockey team? And I've gotten I've gotten different answers on that. But according to, to Chris's article, he says the arena first opened in 2016 has been discussed as a possible option for a hockey team. Though the arena was built for basketball and doesn't have a big enough lower bowl to seamlessly hold a regulation hockey rink without obstructed views. So it doesn't sound like it's necessarily built for hockey. Like it it, it wouldn't be your typical hockey viewing experience if you went and watched a game there. But between that... And, and we, we talked about the positive, we've, the A's have been thrown out as, as coming here. An MLS team is something that was right on the verge of happening oh, yeah. before the pandemic hit in 2020. My question is, is this? And as somebody who's been here, man, almost, almost a year, we're coming up by, uh, we just passed 11 months hey. of your boy here in Sacramento. I asked this somewhat as somebody who, who is still kind of new to the scene. Jay, Simone, and obviously Whitey, maybe you could help me out. Can Sacramento support a second professional sports team, or is this is this made to be a one-team town? Or are the Kings the the darling of this city, and and that's just the way that it's meant to be? I think it's an open question, which is why we still only have one team here. You know, and MLS was very close to coming here, and the pandemic was a factor, but they couldn't find enough. Um, you know, funding and investments because there are some questions. I think in the case of a hockey team, just one of the things off the top of my head, I think if it was a really good hockey team, it'd be supported well. If it was a bad hockey team, you know, Sacramento fans are a lot more sophisticated than they were when the Kings first came here in 85, for example. If you had a bad hockey team, there's going to be some diehards that are going to be out there every night. But, (laughs) you know, by and large, Sacramento's not going to flock to Golden 1 to see a bad hockey team. So it would have; they'd have to come here and immediately have some success. To, I think so to get those roots down of a fan base. Sacramento would be different because you already have the foundation with uh, you know Sac Republic. But hockey, yeah, that's what I think. Jay, we we talked and you said you would prefer almost a, an MLS team over an NHL team. Could they could they support? Could the city support both or either one? In your opinion.
2: Uh, both as far as for me would be soccer and baseball. I think they would support both mm. the hockey. I'm not so sure about do it kind of what Whitey's saying. I think it works so much in the fact that with Vegas, it was the only thing really cooking in Vegas at the time. Right. And it was homegrown from Vegas where the Raiders are, you know, they, they're coming in. The A's look like they're getting ready to jump And it jump was a in. good team, too, Yeah. the jump. Yes, yeah. and that's one thing the NHL has done a great job is expansion teams, they're giving them, you know, great rights, good top draft picks, yeah. and availability to go get um, other players, you know, from other teams. For me, MLS is a no-brainer. MLS should have been here already. Yeah. You know, I, the, the league is – for me, you know, has siphoned Sacramento to the point of they're going to bleed them until they can get the most money from Sacramento. And I believe they they think Sacramento is so, uh, you know, so eager to get a soccer team, they'll pay that five hundred million dollar expansion fee. Now, at one point in time, it was seventy five million. Then it went up, then 250, 500 up to two fifty five hundred million. It's five hundred million dollars now Oof. for. For team thirty-one and thirty-two, they just put San Diego in for team thirty. Mm. MLS no-brainer. It's easy. It's ready to go. It's turnkey. And what has been, you know, talked about is Sac State shares the outside venue, which would be cold and dope. If if I'm right. Sac State, you put the the Kazo there. You know, Sac State now football over the last couple seasons are cranking out great teams. Yeah. You know, build it, they'll come, right? Baseball, so
0: multi-purpose.
2: Oh yeah, you need stadium. a stadium, perp- definitely. Yeah. yeah, baseball for sure. It's right on the edge of it. You know, the republic. I'm. Excuse me. The River Cats. They bring in nine, ten thousand people people on a Thursday, a Wednesday mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. They when they first came, they were number one in attendance for years. Yeah. Now Las Vegas has you know crept up and jumped in front of them, and new ballparks around the country have crept in. But baseball and soccer for me, yeah, I think so. Hockey, mm, I'm with Whitey. I'm not too sure. You
0: got a facility issue in baseball because originally when they built Raley, was Rayleigh mm-hmm. Field, yeah. the plan yeah. was that you can add a second, second deck, deck when deck, you yeah. expand, but. Apparently, and it's kind of hard to find out exactly what happened. They had to hurry it along when they actually finished it. And I think the weather had something to do with it. And so I don't think it's actually as easy to put a second deck on there as they originally hoped. They, they weren't able to put the stadium together the way they intended.
2: Yeah. But real quick, some moment before you jump in, my thing with that is this. Knock it down, but you have the space. You have the availability. For sure. years, they were talking about putting a casino right there on the mm-hmm. other side of the river. So I think you have the availability, which is what Oakland has been talking about for a while, is, look, we have a, a huge open space and two arenas, two stadiums right next to each other. We can knock all of this down. And as Whitey said a couple or yesterday or a couple of days ago, look, we can bring a state-of-the-art uh, you know, stadium or arena. So, yeah, I think baseball works.
0: Is the and, – and, Simone, I want your thoughts, too, yes. on if you think the city can – but is – the politics of Sacramento, are you going to get the money if you need an, a, a new arena for a hockey team, if you can't make it work at Golden One Center, if you need to, to tear down Rayleigh Field and, and build a new stadium? It seems like the funding is already in place for the MLS stadium, so that seems like the most likely right. and, and and plausible one to do. Do you think the politics of Sacramento, we'd, we'd get through the funding that has been a hurdle for, for all these other cities and getting these arenas or, or stadiums built. Not you a know, hockey specific, at, I don't think. At the so. end of the day it's it comes it's gonna come you follow the money. You know what I mean? In in terms of trying to figure out if it's a viable thing and something that you can do. I I I just don't know that the that the money is there. It would be that easy to get the money out of the city that you'd probably need to do what Jay is talking about with, with Tearing it down and building from 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 the ground up, or building a hockey arena. Like I said, the MLS seems to already be there. And also, Simone, I agree with what Whitey said about the the the, the prospect of a hockey team. Mm-hmm. If it got off to a bad start, good good luck building right. like a, a loyal, long standing fan base here in and Sacramento. And I think so
1: much of that Venn diagram of the fans that would be Kings fans and potential. NHL fans, mm-hmm. uh, it would be really hard. I didn't really consider that before that the um, seasons would be overlapping. And how do you, you know, dedicate yourself to the Kings in the same way that you have been for so many years and still take on this new, you know, team that you want to be loyal to as well? Uh, I don't, I think I have to reformat my <laughs> NHL uh, proposition. I just, I guess I had a really selfish <laughs> personal. Not as uh, possible as you maybe thought it yeah, was. But Emma, MLS definitely does make a lot of sense, and I think Jay was really spitting there.
0: Yeah, Jay, I think that's that's the one that it seems like is the most. Oh, it's turnkey. most. Yeah, like uh, I said, it's
2: ready key. to go. The, yep. <laughs> I mean, it was ready to go years ago, and you know they just wanted a little more backing financially, and you know to to whatever concerns or who the people that's intertwined into that circle only they know. You know, of course, but I think it's easier to grab someone. To say, hey, listen, man, we just need a little more paper on the table. Let's turn it over and make it make it make sense. For me, from everything I've read, know, understand, the league is playing a little hard ball with Sacramento. Not so much as Sacramento is not willing to do some things. And, you know, that's that's what we that's what I hear
0: moving the goalposts. Yes. That and that you I read the story. You told me more about the story, Jay. They they seem to just have pulled the rug out from under Sacramento with the whole MLS thing. Yeah. Right before or right as the pandemic was hitting, which that's that sucks, man. That sucks. The city did all the work they did. They, they checked all the boxes that they were asked to check to get the team. And then at the last minute, they that had they a
2: celebration up. on Capitol <laughs> that I was there. We entered that's this very bloody. show interviewed Don Garber, literally the commissioner of MLS, right there in front of me, two feet. And he was like, hey, Congratulations.
0: That's cold-blooded. Yeah, I mean... You know, just pull, pull the rug out from. Come our, on now. That's not cool. Right after this, the Celtics trying to make history. What's, what's the most history you've ever witnessed in the world of sports? We'll discuss right after this. Cattles and Rami. Sacktown Sports. That's the show. Whitey in for Cattles. I am Rami. Jay and Simone on the other side of the glass. King's legend Jerry Reynolds will be here coming up at 4.30. At 4.45, we'll play Who's to Blame? We like to point fingers on the Cattles and Romney show, and we'll do just that. Coming up You're at, at four forty-five. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah very good at that. Got to be good at that in this business. <laughs> it's what we do. We can't be rational and level-headed and be like, well, there are probably multiple people who share sure some of the. No, it's one one person. Right. is usually to blame in in this industry, Whitey, and we'll point our finger at that person coming up at four forty-five. But uh, we've talked and and we'll talk more about the Eastern Conference Finals, which will tip off at five thirty. And the, uh, the the Celtics trying to make history be the yeah. first team in 151 attempts to come back from an 03 deficit in a playoff series and and come back and win it and we we're talking yesterday during the break you were like what's what's the coolest most historic thing you've witnessed in in sports And I've got I don't I don't know if uh, maybe this is a humble brag maybe I'm just overestimating. I feel like I've got a couple. Good. A couple pretty cool experiences that I got to enjoy in person, like in in like actually at, in the moment and being on the scene at the time. Did you have one in mind in asking me that question though? No, if uh, not really. If we're going in person, it wasn't a cool moment. It was well, I was I was at the earthquake game, oh uh, the Giants in the A's. That's- so as far as the most historic, uh, being there getting ready for what was that game? <laughs> Three um, And yeah, that was that was obviously I have a hard time finding the words to that describe is describe that I was nine years old at the time. I was 11. And what, it's like one of my earliest sports memories. And yeah. to this day, because there was there was an infamous shot of the the Oakland Bridge, the top. Level like is it the Oakland Bridge or the Bay Bay Bridge? Bridge. The The Bay Bay Bridge, yeah, collapsed down onto the first level, and to this day, Whitey, I have I have a fear of bridges. Well, until they redid it, you know, they redid it fairly recently. You could see that section was clearly. You could when you went over, it, you could say, "Oh, that's the part that." When filed. I go over a bridge, like I yeah. grip the steering wheel, uh-huh. and, it, and it's because that's like that image is seared in my mind from seeing yeah. it at a very young age, and and now I'm just I'm terrified. Of, it's funny you brought that up. Yeah, like I start shaking when I go. And I recently went to a uh, to to the bay and drove over that bridge, and one of the more terrifying experiences of my life, wow. even though it should be, yeah. yeah, it shouldn't be. I should say, yeah. yeah. But you know, but people know me. all about that by by now. But that's probably the most historic thing I actually witnessed but it sounds like you've got some I was uh, some interesting I mean I don't tidbits. know I don't know how much people care about this person any of these you know per se but um Bernie Brewer going down the slide <laughs> oh, or something Oh man so good so so good <laughs> No um does does the name Tuffy Rhodes mean anything to oh, you Oh yeah, you were there that Jay's, day I was I was in the very Opening Day 94 I, I was literally in my dad got us opening day tickets literally the last row papa
2: mackloff with in the big paper the
0: last Holy no, cow, Jay, literally the rogues. literally the last four seats in the last row of the upper deck with the seagulls <laughs> yes literally up there with this the wind was whipping man it was freezing but i saw a dude hit four home runs in one baseball game which you don't see very often and i was like he was a rookie i was like man we got the next big thing this guys gonna, He, he met, ended up with, what, six for his career or something? He is the Japanese home run yeah. king, though, from yeah. what I understand. Went uh-huh. over to Japan and had himself yeah. uh, a hell of no, a I, career. I remember that. I was at the Giants game that day, and I think Matt Williams did a home run or a couple home runs, and I remember – you know, looking at the scores, like wow, who's Tuffy Road? Did you see what he did today? Yeah. I'm realizing now as I'm thinking about these, they're all baseball and Cubs related, but it's okay. It's what <laughs> that's, that's what I've been. But hey, that's, that's historic. That's what I've been to. And the it was most. remarkable. There, I've never. I've been to many baseball games. I've never seen anyone hit four home runs. I was game. at a near historic game. Juan Guzman had a no hitter going for eight and two thirds innings, yeah. and yeah. to this day, I will hate Otis Nixon for slapping, just yeah. slapping a hit that one hopped the left center field wall and broke up a no-hitter with a, with one out to go. This dude broke up a no-hitter, and then um, this makes me mad to this day to even tell this story. I should have witnessed the longest Grand Slam in the history of major, should have Should have? Were you in the bathroom? I should have caught the longest Grand Slam in the history of of what is now American Family Field, formerly Miller Park, my buddy made us late to to a game. He was just late, you know Who what I it? mean? Who hit? That? Um, Kyle Schwarber oh, okay. hit a home run, and it literally I'm I, I saw the highlight later. I'm sitting at the game watching the highlight, and the ball smacks off this off a State Farm ad, and I turn around, and I kid you not, we're sitting right up against. The State Farm ad, like it went, (laughs) it went went right to our seats. Whitey, where were you? I don't understand. My buddy was just late. Like we were just waiting for him to go to the game, and we was we he was we were there. Yeah, Ah. it happened in the first inning, and we didn't get there until like the second or third inning. And I look, I pulled up the highlight on my phone, and I was like, that ball landed. Right here, dude. That would be in my hands right now if not for you being late for this baseball I gotta game. i got to say, the quality of your stories, you know, from I saw a guy at four home runs. Okay. I saw a guy almost been to no hitter. Uh, I yeah, wasn't there. And then, there, I, and then but I, I almost I, caught the longest grand slam in the, in the history there. of a stadium. Yeah, I yeah. know. I missed it. I Completely saw Lincecum. We were, we were in uh, San Diego. We saw Lincecum's no hitter against the Padres. Oh, I also yeah. left one of the, like greatest comebacks ever at a baseball game in the ninth inning. The brews were down by, like, six runs, and, you know, they stopped selling beer. It was Labor Day, I believe, and uh, we left, and they came back and won on a uh, Vogelbach Grand Slam oh Big fella. <laughs> What about anything you saw on TV you still witnessed it? Um, really, you know, obviously, we've all seen so many great for games me, and Super for Bowls. For me, and this and might be Olympics. for all of you, again, baseball-related, I could not take my eyes off the home run race of of uh, between Sosa, Sosa yeah. and McGuire in 98. Could not take my eyes off that, man. And like, no matter where you were, and this is probably the last time baseball had this kind of pull or gravity, almost no matter where you were, Networks were going to it, like ESPN would cut to it, right? And and like restaurants, bars, wherever you were, they'd turn it on, and ev- the place would get silent, and everybody would look up at the TVs and watch.
2: It's funny you say that because I saw Maguire had broke it, but I saw Sosa hit his sixty first at Wrigley against the Rockies.
0: That was uh, that yeah. was wow. Like I said, probably the last time baseball had that kind of pull. You know what I mean? That kind of gravity to it, where yeah. something was happening in the whole. Uh
2: well, no, I think Bonds. You think so? Yeah, I mean they were they were stopping everything to watch Bonds. Yeah,
0: that's true, absolutely. Yeah, they did. I just, I guess, I don't know. But have it was as a Mormon little fuzzy feeling some about that. For yeah. some, not everybody was tainted. <laughs> but and part of it it's yeah. because what we found out that what happened in '98 was tainted. But as you well. know
2: what? This is that I've learned, especially being a boxing fan, why he is. People who hate you, they tune in to see you lose or hate on you versus mm-hmm. people hate. who love you. They tune in to love you, too. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that was the big thing with bonds. Bonds brought everybody to the forefront. Like you're rooting against them or you're rooting with them or you just didn't have no dog in a fight. And you were just, you know, there for the ride.
0: Hate yeah. Watching there. There's a term for it. hate watching. Yeah. Hate watching. <laughs> <laughs> or, on, or on social media. Some people will hate follow somebody. Exactly. Exactly. Right after this. A guy who's witnessed a few historic things for the Kings and and elsewhere in the world of basketball. Kings legend Jerry Reynolds joins the show next. Play the blame game coming up at 445. Point some fingers, as we like to do here on the Cattles and Rami show. Whitey in for Cattles today and tomorrow. Nick will be back after the long Memorial Day weekend. And joining us right now on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Needs no introduction. You know him, you love him, King's Legend on a number of different fronts. Jerry Reynolds, our guest. Jerry, how are you this afternoon, sir?
3: Well, just great being with Whitey Rami and now Jerry. Whitey Rami and Jerry.
0: What yes. do you think? I, I, it has a ring to it. It has a ring to it. Maybe I should join the podcast that you guys do together.
3: Well, I, I, I think that probably it definitely would improve
1: things.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Jerry. Let's let's start things off with the Kings. I do I do want to look around the rest of the NBA with you, but not now the season in the books, obviously a good one, one that exceeded most people's expectations around this basketball team but now it's about building on that where do you think the the greatest opportunity for growth and improvement is for this Kings team this off season?
3: well I I've said that I feel that they really need another power player you know guy who can play power forward as well as uh, center backup center and and fit with uh, domas you know and I I mean I think it it's easy to say and hard to find, but there's some, maybe some guys out there they could go after, and and uh, I I think that's the real need. I mean, you can always use more sh- good shooting and 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 then maybe a a wing defender type thing, but I I think the biggest need really is that. that you know, a big, tough, strong guy, you know, kind of a Bobby Portis type, but you're not going to get him, uh, since he's under long-term contract, but somebody like that that can play center effectively and can stretch the floor as a four.
0: Um, you're um, almost sounds to me, coach, like you're
3: talking about somebody like, I don't know, Naz Reed, somebody like that. Is that- you know, that <laughs> might be it. I, uh, I've, uh, you know, I've I really enjoyed watching that guy play uh, the last year or so. I mean, he's just getting better and better with his deep shot. He plays, you know, I don't know enough about him personally, and I'm sure the the King's front office has a lot more information. So, you know, whether he's a, a great teammate or coachable and all that stuff, you'd want to know. But I think as a, just the talent that he has and that he's young uh, would seem to be an awfully good fit to me.
0: Jerry, I wanted to ask you um, how how you think uh, Vizankov might fit. And I know I have suggested it. Hey, maybe, maybe if he's uh, uh, agreeable to it, maybe you could move him to get an asset that would help you. And a lot of Kings fans don't like, they don't like me mentioning that at all. They're already very protective of this guy, but from what you've seen of Vizankov, how do you think he's going to potentially fit into the way Mike Brown puts things together?
3: Well, he's, he certainly looks like a terrific shooter. So, so I know with Mike Brown, very creative coach, I think he could find a find minutes for him, and uh, you know can utilize him. I, I I certainly would think that. I I don't know that he solves some of the problems that need to be solved, like we're talking about. I I'm not sure, you know, what he's going to do defensively to improve the team or. Or really protect the rim, you know, might create some actual other problems that way. But I, I would tend to agree with you. I mean, the way I look at it, he's he's an asset. I mean, to you or to someone else. One thing about him, he, uh, there's enough teams in the league have seen him and like him. So if if he could help you bring something that uh, is as good or better at at, at a at a better fit. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. I mean, that's how you get better, uh, and, it, and that's what they, the, you know you want for this team. And it's kind of like with the draft pick. If you can use the draft pick along with something else to to get you the player you need, uh, you've got a probably a two or three year window. You can't count on five years, or you'd like to, but but I mean. Uh, So so anyway, I I guess that's my feeling is that the guy is clearly an asset. He has value to the Kings, and he has value to the league, and and that's that's a real bonus uh, as far as – Trying to rebuild uh, your team even better. Talking with
0: Jerry Reynolds, Kings legend here on the Cattles and Rami show. Looking around the the rest of the NBA playoffs, and I and and I think a lot of other folks, Jerry thought, man, the the Western Conference is wide open, and maybe even maybe even thoughts uh, of the Kings making it through the West we're, were dancing through a few folks' heads before they ran into the Golden State Warriors. The deeper we go, though, and the more I see of Nikola Jokic and this Denver Nuggets team, they are the the class of this conference. And and we were all, I don't know about you, Jerry, probably probably not to the extent I was. You know the sport much better. But I think we all were underestimating them or or missing the boat a little bit on just how good these Nuggets are.
3: Well, I was too, by the way. Uh, (laughs) You know, I was too. And I I didn't realize Jamal Murray had uh, really progressed back to – you know or better than even before the injury so that surprised me and then of course i think uh you know the bench and how coach malone utilizes them is certainly they've been more productive than i anticipated but yeah i i underestimated them and uh but i I'm, I'm with you too is that you know they're they're going to be a a the team to beat now for for quite a while and uh, as long as jokers standing up on both legs uh, they will be so but the rest of the the West isn't scary in my mind. I mean, if I were, you know, with this this uh, Kings team, they, you know, they're they're close to yeah to everybody else. That's for sure.
0: Um, Jer, what to your eye did Boston do better in Game Four against the Heat? And do you think that Boston, you know, no one's ever come back from down three games? Does Boston have a, a shot still at, at winning this series?
3: I would say if they win tonight, they, they might. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't count on nobody ever has, but mm-hmm. then again, you know, nobody had in baseball until the Red Sox right. beat the Yankees, you know. So it, there's always the first. And I do think that the, the Celtics are a more talented team. They haven't played like it. Uh, but, you know, as as to what they did better, I thought, uh, they, they just didn't let the ball stick so much. I mean, instead of kind of taking turns with Tatum and Brown, I mean, and to their credit, I thought they moved the ball better. And you know, you got a got a lot more people involved in the offense. And and I think when Al Horford and 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 Will Grant Williams can make some shots and 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 all that, I mean, it really makes them a better team.
0: Jerry Reynolds, our guest for a few more minutes here on Cattles and Romney on the Folsom Lake. Honda hotline you you mentioned and 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 it was another thing I I I realized as I was watching these playoffs that not only are the Nuggets good now they're gonna be a problem for a while when you look at the age of that core that they have there the flip side of that coin though LeBron may not be something to worry about for very much longer what did you make of his comments and saying he has a lot to think about when it comes to his future and and the game of basketball after they were eliminated. Yeah. I'm guessing Jerry, you probably haven't slept a wink since you heard that LeBron (laughs) might be retiring, right?
3: I've just been a tizzy since then, you know, uh, uh, I was kind of hoping maybe everybody on the Lakers would contemplate retiring, you know, uh, but uh, but probably knows this luck, but uh, you know, I think they just caught LeBron at a, you know, tough moment, obviously, uh, you know, father time eventually will win, but uh, father time hasn't, uh, take, taken too much damage on him. I, I agree with kind of what he said. He's better. He said, I'm better than 90% of the leagues, if not 95 players in the league. And absolutely is, you know, he, he's not the number one guy anymore, but he's probably in the top 10 still. And, uh, I'd be surprised if he doesn't. I'd be very surprised. I think he was just pretty uh depressed at the moment kind of thing getting swept and but he had a didn't look like an old man out there to me too much. He may be tired in the second half a little but but uh yeah. I anyway, I don't take it face value, I, I expect it's kind of like Tom Brady. It, it, even if he retired, he'd come back about the first month.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, Jerry, before we let you go, I believe it was yesterday on our, our pod, Old Fashioned 3, you and Phantom were talking about how something needs to be done about flopping. So I guess somebody at the league office listened. How do you feel about uh, uh, the league now apparently deciding that they might start throwing uh, tees at guys and, and uh, sending the other team to the foul line if, uh, if uh, players are flopping?
3: Well, I I'd, I'd like to see them do something about it, but I'm not sure that they'll do the right thing. I'm afraid it's going to get into one of those things. They got to go to the yeah. videotape or you know, or yeah. monitors and uh-huh. they'll spend 2 minutes deciding if it's a flop or not and uh i'm i'm just so i g- i guess what i'm saying is i'm i'm not optimistic it's gonna be handled properly any more than they decided they were gonna really clean up the interrupted dribble yeah. you know which is everybody actually everybody that dribbles anymore interrupts the dribble <laughs> <That's> <laughs> to get somewhere yeah. so uh no i i don't know I don't know what you do i mean it's to me it's it's kind of like uh the three point shooters you know to me, you can't even guard' them. and and it's like until the referees kind of clean that up to where you know if you brush somebody as you run by i I don't know that that deserves three free throws and uh or hit their trunks and and with flopping like that, it's like well, yeah if, if uh. Joel Embiid bumps into you. You know, it might look like a flop, but it also might be you got the crap knocked out of <laughs> it. Yeah. I mean, they always used to talk about Vladi, and yes, he flopped. But I mean, against Shaq, I don't think those were flops. was getting, he was getting knocked goofy. Yeah. 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 That's Jerry
0: Reynolds the King's legend on a number of different fronts and our guest for the last few minutes here on Cattles and Ramy always appreciate the time Jerry I'm sure we'll talk again soon See sir you,
3: hope so take care
0: guys have take a care. good one and uh give a plug to the to the podcast oh, old fashion three into. podcast we have another episode dropping uh tomorrow it's jerry reynolds and myself and the phantom nice so folks yeah. can check that Thank out you. wherever they get podcasts my pleasure coming up on the other side who's to blame we point fingers here on the cattle's and rammy who did what and why who
2: are you pointing the finger at it's not whether you win or lose it's how you place the blame it's
0: who to blame on cattle's and Rami. Yeah, it's who's to blame here on Cattles and Ramy. Like I said, why be level-headed? Why be rational and be like, oh, multiple people probably. No, <laughs> one person, one person so is always me. to I'm blame for it. when it comes to sports talk radio. And uh, Whitey, I've I've noticed it. I've, we've probably been guilty of it here on the Cattles and Ramy show. Uh, the Denver Nuggets won the Western Conference Finals. Did so in impressive fashion, making quick work of one of the greatest basketball players to ever play this game in LeBron James and, and sweeping him and the L.A. Lakers. And in the NBA zeitgeist, which we are a, a part of, maybe a very small part of, but a part of, not a lot of the talk has been about the Denver Nuggets. There was, of course, LeBron and the whole Willie, he, won't he retire? Then we quickly turned our attention to, to the Eastern Conference Finals and what's going on there. We'll get to this at 5.15, but silly season has already started in terms of trade and off-season speculation in the NBA. It seems like everybody is talking about everything other than the Western Conference champion, Denver Nuggets, and maybe the best player on this planet right now in Nikola Jokic. And one person who took notice of that was Charles Barkley on TNT.
4: And how about the Denver Nuggets with a sweep? The first hey, time they've ever swept a best of seven. First hey, time they're ever you know, going to the NBA final. I just want to thank you, Ernie, for starting with the Denver Nuggets. I mean, I was so mad this morning I asked to turn the TV off. Because the Denver Nuggets, who have been the best basketball team in the world all season, sweep, get to the finals for the first time. Now, you know Mike Malone, I love him, but he's whiny. But he does have a point. No, he has a great point. He has a great point. No, a great point. I, I mean, I was like, and I love Mike Malone. I cannot wait. Michael to get, Malone. If you love if you really yeah. love him, call him Michael. <laughs> okay, okay. Michael Malone. <laughs> I can't wait to get to Denver. I, I I was so glad. I was so mad watching TV this morning. Everything. Listen, we all love LeBron. He didn't say he was retiring yet, but he does that. We'll do all that, that stuff. <laughs> but it should have been all about the Denver Nuggets and Joker, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, and those guys, it was awesome. And let me tell you something, Ernie. Yeah. When that team, oh when they were getting stomped last night and came back and won, that was impressive. And that should have been what we talked about all day.
0: That was Charles Barkley on TNT. Meanwhile, Chris Mannix of SI, he joined Rich Eisen and he said, there's a good reason we don't talk a lot about the Denver Nuggets.
5: The card the Nuggets can play is nobody talks about us. Nobody you know, sp- spends airtime discussing us, Colin inches writing about us, because frankly, the Nuggets aren't very interesting. Like, Nikola Jokic is arguably the best player in the game right now, but he's not someone that does a lot of interviews outside of the NBA-mandated stuff. You're not going to see a lot of profiles on Nikola Jokic. Jamal Murray, great player, not especially interesting. Michael Porter Jr., excellent player, not especially interesting, at least not compared to what we have At the bottom of the playoff bracket, where you've got drama in Los Angeles almost weekly. You've got the Suns. Can they succeed in this first year with Kevin Durant? The Warriors, all their dysfunction this year. The Clippers, can they get it together? The Nuggets' problem is they're not respected. They're just not talked about. People just don't find them as interesting as some of the teams on the bottom half of the bracket.
0: Why do you who's to blame? Why aren't the Nuggets getting the love they deserve? Is it the media? Is it us in the media not doing our job, or is it the Nuggets for being boring? It's the commissioner of the NBA himself, Adam Silver. When Why he is took that? Over, because when he took over from David Stern, 2014, mm-hmm. uh, he said, in the past, the NBA has promoted... Stars and we're going to promote teams because we think the NBA should be about teams, and they haven't done that, and maybe someone convinced them that's not good business. But that's why we have an excellent team in the Denver Nuggets, but people don't care because they're more interested, as Chris Minnix says, and I really I love Chris Minnix, they're more interested in drama, off-court drama. No, I, it's, it's basketball, and the biggest reason we don't have the appreciation we should have for the Denver Nuggets is because the NBA has not done a very good job uh, highlighting how unique and talented and great this team is, I do love I do love off court drama and speculation and trade rumors and free agents. I, I love that stuff, Whitey, and I th- I think it gives more more juice to a sport. It gives more life to a sport. I think that's what baseball used to have. JJ and I talked about it last week. How big the the Major League Baseball's trade deadline used to be with the, the owners meetings and the winter meetings in the off season and how much action there are at least rumors of action there always was around that and it just sort of lost all that so I have no problem with some of that stuff stealing some of the spotlight it goes too far sometimes yes and we'll bring you a few examples of that coming up at 5.15 <laughs> but I I enjoy that stuff being part of the discussion of course that being said the Nuggets do deserve a little bit more love than than what they've gotten. And I do – we have to own some of that blame in in the media for, for not giving it to them and going for what's sexy, you know what I mean? Go, going for what's scandalous or or whatever the – what drama there might be off oh, the court. All the speculation that we can do when it comes to sports, and I'm talking about how much I love. There There is a time and place for that, and there's a time and place – to give recognition and give flowers to a team as good as the Denver Nuggets. That being said, it's also uh, LeBron James' fault. Like, <laughs> we need to blame LeBron James for this. <laughs> Do we not? And he's dragging yeah, no, it out. Dragging it out <laughs> now says he's going to take the summer to decide we, whether we, he wants to play. A couple days ago, we talked with Brian Geldzahler of uh, yes, NBA TV and, and NBA Radio, and he said, Look, it's okay. That LeBron is the story today. It makes sense that LeBron is the story today. When the first or second best basketball player in most people's eyes goes to a podium after he's bounced from the playoffs and goes, I might retire
4: next year. I got a lot to think about, to be honest.
0: People are going to (laughs) talk about that. Like... We're not going to, we're going to go, we're going to turn on these microphones the next day and not talk about that. Of course, we're going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah. We did what we were supposed to do in talking about LeBron James. It was LeBron who could have waited two days before saying what he said to give Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets their due time to get their due credit and get, the, fl- going tonight for and- sure. and get the flowers thrown at him that they probably deserved. LeBron is to blame. That's yes. who's to blame. I, I agree. But it's not that we owe the Nuggets something. Whatever. Oh, we owe them more respect. It's about the NBA has done a poor job of showing basketball fans how great Jokic and the Nuggets are. This is basketball, a very beautiful brand of basketball. And this is our game. And the league needs to help people to appreciate that so that they can appreciate the game better. Because it's the national... Basketball Association. It still has to be about the basketball, and the NBA has not done a good job showcasing this brilliant basketball team that is at Denver Nuggets. So uh, that's that's who's to blame. We are we are the deciders. We are the judge and the jury on who's to blame mm-hmm. here. And we're on right the, on the Caddles and Rami show. We'll hit a quick break on the other side, fourth and final hour, and we'll get into the big story in the top spot. Cattles and Rami. Town Sports.